Owning a business is awesome. The ability to control your own fate is something that is just truly wonderful. But in all that greatness, we still have to run the business right. And for newly minted entrepreneurs, unfortunately, the number one thing that I see sacrificed most often is customer service. We sometimes forget that none of this is possible without the hard-earned dollar of the customer. It's the responsibility of the entrepreneur to not only provide great customer service, but that they train employees the same way. Because to many of your customers, your employees, not you, are the face of your company. Get customer service right, and you will reap the rewards. And they're huge. Get customer service wrong, however, and you might as well start digging your plot in the business graveyard with all the other businesses that got it wrong. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... You asked for it and now it's here. Our first line of gear for the startup life is now available. Now you're able to tell the world not only do you support the show, but the type of entrepreneur that you are. Choose between the label yourself, create your own destiny, and how to make money t-shirts to help tell the story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. Based on that opening monologue, you can tell we're going to be talking about customer service. When I talk to my friends all the time and they're talking about going to businesses, that's the number one the complaint that they always tell me about. And it's like, Dominic, can you go train them on how uh, to provide great customer service? Well, I could, but I also could just do this episode So I think that's what we're going to do today. So in the first half of the show, in the first segment, we're going to talk about being patient. You got to be patient when you're offering great customer service. Next, we'll focus to clear communication skills. If the customer doesn't understand what you're saying, then, you know, you're not great. You're not offering great customer service. And then lastly, before we go to break, knowledge of product. I can't tell you how many times knowledge of product can be huge when providing great customer service. After the break, we'll talk about the ability to handle surprises. They're going to happen, people. Startup Nation, surprises happen. Got to be prepared for them. Also, time management skills. You got to make sure that everybody's on board with you know how you manage your time. Too important. And lastly, the ability to use positive language. And that's going to end the show for today, Startup Nation. But before we get into today's content, this is episode 40, people. Episode 40, Startup Nation. I just want to say thank you so much. On the Startup Life, we appreciate the small victories. And this is a small victory for us. Well, maybe not a small, small victory to some, but it's a big victory for me because you may not know this Startup Nation, but most podcasts don't make it past the first episode. And here we are sitting at episode 40. So thank you for everybody who subscribes. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who shares the startup life. I am very much 
appreciative to you. But without further ado, let's get into today's content and let's take flight. Startup Nation, one of the most important things you must exhibit when engaged in customer service is patience. You have got to have patience, Startup Nation. You have to. Because the thing is that you're going to have customers that's going to come in and they don't know what they want. Like if you're in a fast food restaurant space or fast casual space, if you are, you're going to have customers that's, that's not going to know what they want to uh, order. You're going to have customers that are confused. And that speaks to uh, product knowledge later on in the show. But you're going to have those customers that, you know, it may they may be new customers, right? And so they're brand new into the establishment, and you definitely don't want the very first time in the establishment to be a bad one. So you don't want to uh, be in a situation where you're very snippy and very standoffish when responding to uh, customer questions. You want to be very empathetic, okay? You want to understand that they're new. This is new to you, You t- new to them, sorry. This is new to them, okay? You're the one who works there, or you know it's your business and you've trained your employees, so you're, you're got, you guys are the one that work there, right? So you know everything, the manual front and back, what the specials are, what, the, what you have on your menu, you know the, the service that you provide front and back, but the customer doesn't know that. And so you have to allow for that. That's where the patience comes in. So you have to allow for that customer to get to know you, get to understand you, get to understand the business, because it's a relationship that you're building, right? You're trying to build that rapport with the customer and patience goes a long way with that. One of the most critical times to exhibit this patience is with customer complaints, okay? You know, you may have an issue where level of service did not come to the standard that they were expecting or the product did not work as well or the product is defective, the product is, the product is broken. So when dealing with customer complaints, you gotta exhibit that patience. How do you accomplish this? Well, for starters, don't do anything. Okay, not do literally nothing, but what I'm saying is when that customer is complaining and that customer is voicing that frustration or that level of expectations not being met, let them vent. Don't do anything. Let them talk. Do not cut them off. Do not, you know, try to correct them. Let them vent. So when John Brown customer comes in, he's he's already mad, okay? So any cutting off that he's trying to do that you do or any trying to correct him you do is completely wrong and it's going to piss him off even more honestly a lot of times when customers come in to complain believe it or not they're not even mad at you they're not even complaining they're not even really mad about the product or service that didn't go the way that they want they could have had like a bad experience that day something could have happened at home that has nothing to do with your product or service. So as the entrepreneur, try not to take it personally. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're we're um, not infallible. We're not we're not perfect. Okay. So sometimes we may ship a service or a product out before it was time and it, and it's not correct. But a lot of times, believe it or not, customer complaints come from something outside of something that you did. So sometimes you kind of have to be that therapist and let them you know, let them say what they have to say. Let them vent. Let them let them talk it out. Sometimes they may talk themselves into not being upset anymore. But when you're listening to a customer complaint, let them speak, let them vent, and then ask some follow-up questions. Some, you know, and don't be condescending. My God, don't be condescending, right? Because you're only going to piss them off even more, right? So don't make them feel small. 
Don't make them feel like they're stupid. And then once they stop talking, the first thing that should come out of your mouth, I am so sorry for the inconvenience. My apologies. I will take ownership of this issue. And that's all they're really looking for. They're honestly just looking for accountability. They're only just looking for accountability for the product or service not meeting the servant level of expectation. They understand that things happen and people, you know, they're human beings and human beings make mistakes. They understand that because they're human beings themselves. But allow them to voice their frustration, vent their anger, if you will. Going into action and fixing the problem is, you know, very quickly is also a very high level of customer service that you can provide for the client or the customer, right? Understanding that if you do it as quick as possible, you can be able to win that customer for life, okay? i give you a prime example. Back when I was working um, at the bank, there was a customer that came in. She had accounts that were set up completely wrong. I didn't cut her off. I didn't let her, I just let her vent. And the thing is, is that, you know, I was a personal banker at the time and there was another personal banker that set up these accounts. To her, she doesn't care that it was another personal banker. All she knows is that it was our bank who made the mistake. And so, yes, when you're involved in customer service, it's going to be things that had nothing to do with you that your fellow employee screwed up. Or if you're the entrepreneur and the business owner, it's going to be something that one of your employees screwed up, which means that has extra onus on you to fix the problem. But when I took ownership of the problem and I, you know, well, I'm sorry. Well, first when I, you know, said, I'm sorry for the inconvenience and then started to take ownership of the problem, her mood immediately changed. Okay. And I was able to get uh, a mortgage referral and a couple of other accounts out of that interaction because people just like to be taken care of. People just want to know that somebody has their back, that somebody's out fighting for them. And somebody's looking out for them. When you provide patience, when you're offering your great customer service, you can honestly turn a really sour situation into a grand relationship that can really last a long time and benefit the business. Another thing, Startup Nation, that we need to exhibit when we're engaging with our customer base and try and provide excellent customer service, having the ability to have clear communication skills. The last thing you need in your business is a confused customer. So what I mean by communication skills? Well, for starters, let's say a customer comes into your establishment and you're in the middle of uh, changing out your pricing guide. Like, you know, if you have the pricing guide behind you about your services or your products, this and the other, and you're in the middle of changing that, Right. Now, for starters, one could make the argument that, you know, that's a time management issue. Maybe those that uh, pricing change should have taken place before we opened the doors that morning. OK, so let's say you have a service and it originally was ten dollars. OK, but you've made the decision to make it fifteen dollars. OK, so the customer comes in and they say, hey, I want uh, that service. And they say, you know, you know, it's going to be $10, right? Like, nah, it's actually $15. I was in the middle of changing it. That's confusing to the customer. Now, I get it. Like, you know, you didn't have time and this, that, and the other. But like I said, maybe we should have changed that, the pricing earlier, okay, before the doors open. Like, may, I know you had other things to do, but maybe that should have taken higher priority than it did. So when we provide clear communication to the client, that's an informed client. That's an informed customer, which means that that customer feels more empowered to make certain decisions. 
Okay. And that's why when you go to your fast food restaurant, they recite the order back to you or, you know, as I don't know, maybe this is a sign of society, but now they have like the screen that has it that you can see it. That's because they're trying to offer customer service to the point where they're trying to make sure that it's very clear what you order and that we understand as the business, as the entrepreneur, as the the employee of the business of the entrepreneur, that you ordered exactly what you asked for. And a lot of times, Startup Nation, a lot of sometimes our employees, they go a little bit too fast, right? Because they assume that, you know, they know what the customer wants. And so they don't halfway listen all the time. And so they just kind of put whatever they want on the screen, let's say, you know, given going back to the fast food restaurant scenario. And that can really tick a customer off. A customer, you know, it's, and, and it really can backfire when it's using that screen, like I said before, right? Like you giving your, you know, I want a number one with cheese, uh, extra fries, and a supersized drink. And you see a number two with no cheese with a small fry and a small drink. That can really piss a customer off. They can really make them... Uh, upset. Not because you got the order wrong, but more so because you're not listening to them. They don't feel valued. When you listen to the customer, they feel valued. And when you provide clear communication skills, that's part of making the customer feel valued. And lastly, Startup Nation, before we go to break, knowledge of the product. You have to know the uh, what you're selling. You have to know that product in and out, especially if you're the entrepreneur. If you're the employee, you need to know it back and forth, but you definitely need to know it as the entrepreneur. If you're the one-man band running that business or one-woman band running that business, then you need to know your product back and forth. Classic example of how knowledge of the product provides great customer service. Back when I was a kid and I used to have my... Uh, my salesman's job at Foot Locker. Uh, a, a lady came in and she was looking for a great running shoe. Okay. And so I was able to, you know, because of all my time in the stock room, not just stocking shoes, but also learning about different shoes, what shoes run big, what shoes run small, what shoes are great for runners, what shoes are meant for runners, but not really great for runners. Right. But being armed with that knowledge that I got from the stock room and being able to relate that to the customer, I was letting her know, that look, we have this shoe that you came in that you were looking for, but I can tell you that I, I think is my opinion that this shoe may be better because it's it's a little bit lighter. The sole, the midsole, is has a little bit more cushion than than the shoe that you were originally uh, looking for. Or when that customer comes back and say, "Hey, man, that was an excellent recommendation. Thank you for giving me that shoe." And so, we actually had the issue. We had the shoe in in this scenario, but we didn't have her size. Okay. And so I was like, no problem. I think, you know, our our, um, our our sister store, Champs, may have that store because Champs and Foot Locker, they're like, you know, they're under the same umbrella. And she thought that this 16-year-old armed with that knowledge was like the most impressive thing she's seen in a long time. And so what she did was she immediately went to my manager and told him, like, you know, you have a v- very good employee over there. He was able to to explain to me uh, why the shoe that I wanted was not the right one for me. He made a great recommendation. And when he said that you, you didn't have his size, have her, my size, um, she, he told me exactly where I could go to probably see if they had the size or whatever. And so at Foot Locker, when you have great, when you present great customer service, they give you like these gold coin. The gold coin is like good for like $50 to like buy something at the store. And I'm happy to say that when I was at Foot Locker, I got seven of those gold coins. 
because I was always trying to make sure I provide great customer service to everybody that I encounter because, and it's not because so I can get gold coins or whatever. That's, that's a bit ridiculous, but it was more so because to me, I know how i how I want to feel when I go into an establishment, I want to feel valued. And so having knowledge of the product not only allows me to be able to give that information to the customer, I'm building a rapport with that customer. That customer is starting to trust me. And ultimately, and I'll just be honest, you get to sell more to that customer because that customer kind of feels like, you know, that person's never steered me wrong. They're very knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. Hmm. If they say that I need to have these shoe strings to go with them or this this uh, insole to go with the shoe or this or an additional pair of shoes because I'm going to get half off, then I, I think I should probably do that. I think I should probably do that, even if they don't need it. A lot of times they will because you made them feel valued in this scenario because of your knowledge of the product. And when you're an entrepreneur and you're running your business, I, I don't know why you wouldn't know knowledge of the product. You should know it inside and out. Like you should mumble it in your sleep because it's your dream. It's your baby, right? So you should know it inside and out. So Startup Nation, when we have knowledge of the product and we know the product in and out, you're able to have another tool in your toolkit to provide great customer service. So we're going to go ahead and go to break Startup Nation. I hope you're getting great value from today's episode. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are common core aligned. All right, Startup Nation, so let's get back into it. Before we move on to the ability to handle surprises, I want to go back to uh, clear communication skills really quickly. I want to add something to that. When you run a business, okay, and you have employees, and you have employees that give lunch break, that you know, you give them lunch breaks and things of that nature, whether it be a restaurant or an insurance company or wherever the case may be, when they go on break or when they go on lunch, Make sure they leave the premises or maybe not necessarily leave the premises. Make sure there's somewhere they can't be seen. I'm going to tell you why. Because the thing is, and I don't even really need a long explanation. When you have customers who come into your establishment and they see somebody just sitting down, they don't know they're on break. They don't know that they're on lunch. All they see is that they need help. There's a line out the door and there's a person sitting in the corner 
on their phone. And then when they say, what is that person doing? Like, oh, I'm on my lunch break. They don't need to be seen. They need to be gone somewhere. Now, look, if there is a situation where they walk to work or they they don't drive to work or they call a ride to work, that's fine. But they need to be somewhere out of sight. Or at the very least, if, they, if there's a uniform, maybe they just take the uni- the top part of the uniform off, like the uniform shirt off, you know, and, and go hang out in the lobby or hang out in the break room or whatever the case may be. But that's one of those communication things because when you set, when you have an employee on break behind the counter or whatever the case may be in uniform and a customer sees that, the communication that you're relating to that customer is that person is working. Unbeknownst to them, they're on lunch. Make sure we're mindful of that Startup Nation when we hire our employees and they go on break. Startup Nation, another thing we need to understand and discuss is we have to have the ability to handle surprises when we're engaged in customer service. Look, things happen, life happen, rain falls, accidents happen, you know, people call in the work, whatever the case may be, okay? You got to account for that because if you don't account for the surprises, you know, you may not think you're having a bad day or that you have an attitude or your your attitude is just jacked up in general, but your customer is going to see it, your client is going to see it, it's going to be written all over your face because when you do that, you know, you 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 could put the bad taste in a customer's mouth. And it could and we know even through even though we have social media and all other advertising out there to promote a business, the number one is is word of mouth. And you don't want the word of mouth about your business to be oh, this dude, oh god, I went to his I went into his uh his business and he had the worst attitude. This dude had the worst attitude. This lady had the worst attitude. I'll never go back there again. And all I wanted to do was ask a question. And remember, we talked about in a previous episode, Startup Nation, that it only takes one customer to make your your business go boom or bust. It really does. Because the thing is, is that when you have that one customer and 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 they're upset, one Yelp posting, and that's it. Now, I'm not saying it'll, like, doom your business, but it can set a reputation that takes a long time to come back from. And also, like I said, people call in. People call in to work, and that's okay. That's why you have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, right? You got to have those contingencies in place. Now, can you account for every single thing in your business? Of course not. You're an entrepreneur. You know how this works. Things just happen. Things fall out of the sky. You know, people back up claims that they can make. People don't support you like they're going to support you. But you know this, okay? You know the path of entrepreneurship. These things happen, okay? So you got to be able to understand that surprises are going to happen. And it's nobody's fault. It's not It's not your fault. It's not the customer's fault. It's not the employee's fault. Because some things, believe it or not, they're not accidents. They're nobody's fault. They're just, they're just, they just happen. Random things do happen. And so understanding with the mindset that there's random things happen, it allows you to have I'm not going to say a great attitude all the time, but the very least an attitude that can be managed and that you won't go off on a customer, which is a complete no-no, but you won't project a, a sense of being unprepared because customers can tell when you're unprepared. I can't tell you how many times, and this might be a time management issue as well, but a lot of people who go to who go to certain chicken places, right? And I won't say no names because I ain't trying to get sued or anything like that. But we go to certain chicken places and you go up to the customer service desk and they're like, we're out of chicken. And you're like, wait, what? What do you mean you're out of chicken? 
Like, you're a chicken place. Why are you even open? I mean, we know the real reason. They're just there to, you know, sit on the clock. But the thing is, is that if you're able to manage your time wisely, I know I'm kind of leaking into the next segment, but manage your time wisely, there is there are no surprises. Now, it may be a situation where you may be out of chicken because the truck that delivers your chicken caught a flat. Now, that's something that's out of your control. But what do you do in a scenario like that? What do you do? The thing is, is that you understand what do you have and what do you need? Okay, you ask those two questions and then you plan accordingly moving forward. Being able to handle those surprises is very key. And the thing is, I'm not saying you have to be like this totally cool, collected, unflappable person because we all buckle under pressure every once in a while. Right. But understanding that things happen and surprises will happen. Can, can go a long way, not just for like, you know, customer service, but also in your business as well. Because like I said, things happen, but being able to be prepared for those things is what separates the good entrepreneur, the great entrepreneur. And being able to separate those things is the difference between not so great customer service and great customer service. Startup Nation, remember that example I gave about the pricing piece when the customer came in and said, you know, I want this service, but that service is now $15 opposed to $10 because that's what they saw. That's where time management can be effective in customer service. The thing is, guys, is that when we don't exhibit a sense of what we're doing with our day and we don't have to-do lists and we don't plan accordingly for the next day, it leaks out. Into the and the customer sees it. They can a customer can see instantly when you're unorganized, and un, and unfortunately, but true, a customer is looking for a reason for you to be organized. Sometimes, some of them, not all the customers, but some of them are. Because I'm sorry, unfortunately, we have some people out in this world that just want to be mad about everything, or they want to be upset about everything, or they're easily excitable uh, to be upset. And so when we have great time management and we plan the day accordingly and we plan ahead and we plan our deliveries, right? Because let's say you have a scenario where you say you're a bar owner and you have deliveries coming in between 11 and 12 or you have deliveries coming in 11 to 12, but you provide a happy hour between 12 and 2. Now, you may say, well... If it's 11 to 12 is the deli- is the delivery window I gave them and happy hours at 12 to 2, then I'm good, right? No, you are not good. Because the thing is, is like, let's say that particular day where you have deliveries, he shows up, I don't know, let's say 1145. And you know for a fact that it's going to take you 45 minutes to get everything put away. So if it takes 45 minutes, he comes at 1145. That means for 30 minutes of your happy hour, you know, and I say happy hour, but you know, I know it's two hours, but you get my point because some places have that. But anyway, um, if you know it takes you 45 minutes to get ready or to put everything away, then you're eating up in profits for those 30 minutes because you're putting stuff away, even though people are coming in to look for a drink. That's a time management issue. That guy should be coming in either, you know, 9 to 10 o'clock in the morning when it's not so busy or at the very least later on that day. But he but he should not be anywhere near happy hour. That's a time management issue. Same thing with the, you know, with the chicken. Right. If you're the manager and I, and I don't know, you know, for anybody who works at a chicken place. I don't know if um, you schedule your 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 uh, 
chicken deliveries or anything like that. So forgive my ignorance, but you're getting the gist. If you're run a chicken place and you are a sole proprietor and you're not like one of the big franchises or whatever, you, you know, and you know that your peak time is between, let's say, 11 to 2 for the lunch hour rush and then from like 7 to 10 for the evening rush. You should not be scheduling deliveries of your chicken or your inventory anywhere near those times. As far as much as you can help it, of course. You shouldn't be scheduling anywhere near those times because that's a time management issue. Because you know that you got to check the delivery, make sure the inventory is right, make sure you put it up. And if you're talking about food, you got to make sure everything is stored properly at the proper temperature. So understanding that great time management is vital. Because if you put, if you're putting up stock during happy hour, going back to that bar example, if you're putting up stock at that, you know, during happy hour, you're pissing customers off. They're upset because they feel like, you know, they're not being served. They don't care that your truck came at 1145. They could care less. Now, it could go back to the situation where what do you do? And this is back to handling surprises. This is a great exercise for what do you do if you did expect it at 11 o'clock and it did come at 1145. What do you do? I don't know. Maybe you, you hand out vouchers for the next day. You say, sorry for the inconvenience. You know, he was supposed to be here at 11. He's here at 11.45. But this is what I can do. If you, you don't mind to be patient, I'll give you your first drink or whatever on the house. And if, it, if you're not able to be patient and you got to get back to work or wherever the case may be, then what I will do, or I got to be somewhere else, because um, I, I would assume you wouldn't want to drink before you go back to work, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't judge. Um but maybe you give a voucher for the next day showing your appreciation of them coming to your establishment and you not being prepared for them. That's showing the customer that they have value. And it, and I hope you see that's a common theme in customer service. The cu- customers just want to feel valued. They want to know that, that the hard-earned money that they, that they have in their pocket, that they want to spend with you, not the person down the street, not your competitor, but with you, they want to know that you, that you, that you're, you warrant it. They want to know that you earned it. And so when you have the time management piece in place, it can really not just set you apart, but it can establish a culture of this person is professional, this person gets it right, and this person ultimately values me as a customer. And last but not least, Startup Nation, when we're dealing with our customers and our clients, use positive language. You don't want to have very aggressive and authoritative language. I give you an example. Let's say let's go back to the fast food restaurant scenario. Let's say you said you ordered you wanted the number one with you know the uh, let's say you wanted the number one with cheese and you know extra fries and a large drink, okay? But when you actually wanted was the number three with no lettuce and a small drink. Right, customers make mistakes. So let's say they come through the drive-through, they come up, you know, like, and they repeat your order or whatever, right? Or, you know, let's say they don't have the screen like I talked about before, but let's say they repeat your order, right? And they say, you know, you wanted the number one with cheese, extra fries, and a large drink. Like, no, nah, I wanted the number three with no lettuce and a small drink. This is, an ex- this is where your employee or you as the entrepreneur that's the owner of that establishment, you do not go, well, ma'am, that's not what you said. Or, sir, that's not what you said. See how aggressive that is? Like, that's very aggressive. The correct response would be, my apologies. Maybe I didn't catch that. You know, we'll get that fixed right for you. Because the thing is, I mean, I know we always hear the customer's always right. That's absolute bullshit. It is, right? Because customers, they, they get stuff wrong, too. 
But at the window or at that moment of transaction is not the time to have that argument. And at the very least, if they are wrong, this is the time to make them feel right. It just is. You just got to suck that up. You got to have great acting skills. I know it's frustrating. I know it's been a long day. I know you got invoices and receivables that people haven't paid. And you got payables that you owe to other people to say the other if you're the entrepreneur. But this is not the time to have that conversation. You have that conversation behind closed doors and you vent to like your significant other or another employee behind closed doors and you vent and let that frustration out right then and there. You don't do that with the with the customer. That's a no-no. We don't do that. All right, Startup Nation. But when we have our when we find ourselves in those scenarios, make sure you use positive language, soft language. Okay, in the sense of like not to like be a punk or anything like that. I'm not saying anything like that, but to understand that you're not very aggressive because a customer doesn't want to go into an establishment and give their money to somebody that makes them feel small, that makes them feel like they're not valued. And so when you use a strong authoritative language and like, no, or that's wrong, as opposed to, unfortunately, we, we won't be able to do that for you today. Or my apologies, we should have changed the sign before that, you know, let me give it to you at the price that you saw it for. That's using soft language. That's using a positive language or language that a customer can be receptive to. Because the thing is, that customer understands that you that you're a human and that you can be upset one day and that you have a bad day. They understand that. They totally understand that. But it's not your job or it's not for you to project that onto them. And, you know, and I'm not saying... And I'm not even talking about like, you know, uh, calling a customer out of the name. That's that should just be understood that that's just a no, no. We don't do that because you clearly you're in the wrong profession if we're treating customers like that. Because the thing is, is like, you know, two things that we know about entrepreneurship and you're running the business is that one, everybody's in the sales business. And number two, everybody's in the customer service business. Everybody. I don't care if. You know, if you're the uh, the bar owner, the uh, hot wing place owner or the uh, consultant firm like ourselves owner, or even if you're in a um, public sector, if you're a doctor, you are obligated to provide customer service. Or as, or as they say, a great bedside manner. If you're a cop, you're obligated to have great customer service. You just are. Just because somebody needs what you do does not absolve you from customer service. It doesn't absolve you from using positive language because sometimes you can diffuse a lot of situations with positive language. I can't tell you how many times that a customer has come into an establishment, not just with me or any, I mean, like any other establishment or whatever, where they've come in all ready to throw down, right? But positive language was used on them. And it totally diffused the situation because the thing is, is that a lot of times customers are trying to come in to get you riled up. But if you diffuse the situation with positive language that, you know, I'll say this. The, the one thing a customer doesn't want to feel like is an idiot. OK, and that, that speaks to knowledge of product and informing the, the customer and making them feel not just engaged, but informed to make an educated decision on your product or service. But they don't want to feel like an idiot. And so if they come in, rah, 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 and you go at them, rah, 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 you're just two people going rah, 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 and not getting anything done. But if they come in, rah, 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 and you respond with, 
oh, I understand your situation. I'm sorry you had to go through that. You totally diffuse the situation. Now, it may take a few of those attempts, right? Because some customers, they're, they're, they come in a little bit more surly where you got to take a few passes at them. But if you take the, the exact opposite approach and use that positive language, nine times out of 10, you can diffuse a situation really quickly. Like I said, you may have to give it a few attempts because some, some customers, when they're upset, they're a little persistent. But if you're able to, if you're able to diffuse the situation using positive language, it can go a long way to providing great customer service and you may end up turning a bad customer or a bad customer experience into a lifelong customer that will always vouch for your business every single time. So here's my final take. We gave a lot of different examples on how to provide great customer service. But ultimately, Startup Nation, the main thing you're trying to do is make that customer feel valued. Whatever you have to do to make that customer feel like they're important, to make sure that they feel informed, to make sure they feel like they're valued so they can spend money with you. Because that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day, right? We're trying to get them to spend money with us, right? Even though that's not the most important thing in the world is trying to get their money. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to do as far as like to stay in business. But on a human level, we're trying to make that person feel valued. You can change a person's life working at an electronics store. You can change a person's life by working in a fast food restaurant. It's all in how you talk to people. It's all in how you talk, try to make them feel like they are somebody who's worth talking to, that they're a person, that they feel informed, but ultimately that they feel valued. So that's going to end this week's episode of The Startup Life. I hope you got a great value from this episode as far as customer service. Look, man, uh, long story short, they keep the doors open. They put food in our belly. They keep a roof over our head. They put kid, They put clothes on our kids' back. So get custom service right. You can continue to do that. Get custom service wrong, and you're on your way to the business graveyard. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.